No. Yes. Man, it works every time. Yeah. Good afternoon and welcome back to another episode of the Super Duper Flex Bros. Today is Tuesday, November 10th. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about players from the Washington football team and the Week 9 Rookie of the Week. Before we get the show started, we need to talk about some of the charities that we are supporting. Um, Sam put together the last dance guillotine league. We were able to raise another $200 for Food for the Hungry. And uh, this past week, um, it, it's it's going from week nine to week 16. We had half the league all score within seven points of each other. So it was a very competitive first week. We were, we were sad to see one of our good friends, Mr. Meatpaws himself, end up uh, losing and going out. But it was sad to see him losing in the first week. Any, any thoughts on that, Sam? Yeah, he had a couple of uh, hot-name players on his team. Aaron Jones, who, of course, didn't do too much for him, and then Michael Thomas, who was also relatively quiet. So I believe we've got Kyler Murray out there, the QB1. So we'll see how much fab, maybe up to $100, is going to be thrown at him. Because already with that format, we're down to seven total teams. So uh, every week we're going to see a lot of superstars out there in free agency. And uh, another um, charity announcement tonight is the MDA Virtual Muscle Gala. Um, they, they normally have that in person somewhere downtown St. Paul, but obviously with, uh, with COVID this year, they, they were not able to host it in person. So it's all virtual. And I was happy to say with uh, $100 raised in my work's Big Mac League and the Super Duper hoodies that were sold, I will be donating over $300 tonight on behalf of the Super Duper Flex Bros. And a side note, I'm currently also bidding on a um, Kirk Cousins signed football. So uh, hopefully I, I end up getting that and um, don't end up overpaying. But even if I do overpay, it's it's for a good good cause. So looking forward to um, seeing all the all the money get raised for, for MDA tonight. And of course, we need to... Um, go into reading our last words from the Twin Cities League. This week's uh, loser of the Twin, the rise of the Twin Cities League was Team Terry Velcro. Team Terry Velcro. It's not fair that the whole league reached out on social media to my players, asking them to conspire against me. But seriously, I had fun, and this was for a good cause. My team name was Route Culpability, which loosely translates to being responsible for criminal acts that we have learned through repetition. Route Culpability descrambled spells police brutality. Let's stop this recurring nonsense and embrace one another as family. Great last words from Terry Velcro. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, let's stop this recurring nonsense and embrace one another as family. One of the main goals that Sam and I had when creating this very, very successful empire was to build a community. A community should not be exclusive for like-minded individuals, but instead for everyone to come together and love and accept each other. It doesn't matter what side of the political spectrum you are on or how much money you make, or even if you're a Packers or Saints fan. Being a super duper flex bro means that you're here to not only build big biceps, but to build or help rebuild communities in need.
Yeah. Well, and, and most importantly, too, Terry Velcro mentioned he got married yesterday. So congrats to him and his bride. Um, yeah. What else do you want to jump into today? Yeah. Just just wanted to, to um, uh, mention that I, I noticed if uh, if you got married yesterday, that means that you were uh, undefeated until you got married. So I don't know if that, that says something about marriage there. <laughs> but um, so today we want to talk about the Washington football team's um, players. So the first player I want to talk about is Terry McLaurin. To me, he's a wide receiver one in season long and dynasty. End of story. But no. anything to add to that? No. No, if, if anybody else is valuing him any less, um, yeah, I think he's he's somebody you can comfortably plug in no matter who the quarterback is. We just saw Alex Smith, who I, I know you've got a lot of thoughts on, but uh, we saw him deliver the ball to McLaurin, and then McLaurin did all the work to finish in the end zone like he always does. Uh, I, to me, he's in the same tier, um, even as like an A.J. Brown or one of those up-and-coming wide receivers. So definitely a guy that I wouldn't hesitate to take as my overall uh, wide receiver one if I was doing a startup. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody, including uh, myself, undervalued him. Last season during rookie drafts, he was getting taken in the, the middle of third rounds. People didn't like the landing spot, but we saw him play with Case Keenum, Dwayne Haskins, Alex Smith, and, and Kyle Allen. And so um, to me, he's he's a player like DeAndre Hopkins. Or we saw a quarterback struggle um, with the with the Texans, but um, he's just he's he's quarterback proof. He's a he's a, a wide receiver one. Uh, no matter who's who's throwing the ball and who's trying to co- recover or trying to cover him. Um, the next player I wanted to briefly talk about is J.D. McKissick. If you're in a desperate need of a running back this week, you need to go out and add J.D. McKissick. And Antonio Gibson is clearly the future is clearly the future of this backfield, but much like COVID, JD is not going away anytime soon this year. Since week four, McKissick has had at least six receptions in four out of five games. Now that Alex Smith takes over as a starter for the Washington football team, I expect McKissick to get around 10 targets per game. JD is this year's James White. He might only turn those 10 receptions into 50 yards, but he will get you solid RB2 numbers along the way. When Alex Smith entered the game on Sunday, he targeted McKissick a total of 14 times. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty wild. I think he's, like you said, pretty um, underrated, and he, I've seen a lot of competitive teams that are plugging him in as their RB2 or flex. So, yeah, if you're a contender, that's probably somebody that you can get for a third-round pick. So go see who's got uh, McKissick probably on their bench if if uh, you're going into the uh, playoffs here in the next few weeks. Yep, couldn't couldn't agree more. Um, and uh, the last player that I, I want to talk about, I, this this will be the last time I, I bring him up, but it's, uh, of course, my favorite quarterback in the world, Alex Smith. Alex Smith. Alex Smith is 21% owned in all of the, the leagues on the sleeper app. I originally wrote this piece on October 20th, but decided not to uh, share with, with the audience because I was waiting for a, another opportunity for Alex Smith to get in the game. Um, Alex Smith is currently quarterback 55 in the dynasty community. I know I've spent probably close to 25% of the show in the past talking about Alex Smith, but I wanted to encourage everyone one last time to go out and get him on your bench as a dynasty. 
Alex Smith is only 36 years old and has basically had two years to recover from his leg injury. When Teddy Bridgewater had his freak accident, doctors and professional journalists said that he'll probably never become a starter again, and his chances of even playing football will be slim to none. We have all seen Teddy's miraculous comeback, and he is now leading the Panthers to a winning record. Alex Smith is two years younger than Philip Rivers and Big Ben, five years younger than Drew Brees, seven years younger than Tom Brady, and is the same age as Aaron Rodgers. Whether or not Brees and Rivers have the arm strength to get the ball down the field accurately is debatable, but I believe Alex Smith can be just as productive as most of these veterans if he gets put in a better position to succeed. Don't forget that the last full season Alex Smith played was in Kansas City, and he was in the talk for MVP. Even as Alex Smith's biggest fan, I know he will never get to that level again, but he could still be a fit in 2021 for a team that might draft a day-two quarterback that they want to develop. A team with a good O-line like the Colts, the Broncos, the Raiders, or even the Saints could all be possible landing spots for Alex Smith in 2021. This is the first time that I've ever attempted to grind a film, but I went back to watch the Week 5 tape against the Rams, and this is what I saw. Alex Smith came into the game with two minutes left in the second quarter, already down 20-7 to in a game with rainy conditions. Alex Smith had five completions to running backs, three completions to wide receivers, one completion to the tight end. Um, it, of those, uh, those pass attempts, he had two drop passes by his receivers, including a drop by Terry McLaurin that was over 45 yards that, that could have uh, turned into a touchdown. Um, along with those completions, Alex Smith did have uh, um, six incompletions. Um, Alex Smith was sacked six times and was able to escape for positive yardage uh, once. Um, so that, that to me, showed that his, his legs aren't completely done. He's still semi-mobile. Overall, the Rams took advantage of the wet field conditions and rushed Smith on almost every play. The Washington football team did, did him no favors and did not allow for any players to develop down the field. If you have time, I still recommend watching ESPN's short documentary on Alex Smith called Project 11. After watching this film, I'm convinced that nobody in the NFL has worked harder than Alex Smith this past offseason, and he will find himself in another starting position by the start of next season. Anyone that wants to discount what Smith has done to come back from this gruesome injury and say what he has done has been a nice story, but he should retire is doing him a disservice. If Alex Smith gets medically cleared, to play again and wants to put his body in jeopardy like every other NFL player does when they step onto the field, he should be able to make that decision. I applaud Alex Smith for what he has done and hope he is given another chance to succeed in the NFL. I don't believe this game against the Rams in the middle of the rain is going to be the last time that we see number 11. So again, this was all stuff that I I wrote on October 20th. So I'm, I'm very thankful and, and happy to see Alex Smith gets another opportunity. It's, it's unfortunate that it um, had to come with uh, the loss of uh, Kyle Allen for, for the season now that he's going to be having ankle surgery. But um, nonetheless, I'm, I'm glad to see Alex Smith coming back. This past week, Alex Smith threw for 325 yards, one touchdown, and three picks. The touchdown was a throw to McLaurin where Terry did most of the work by breaking a tackle and taking it to the house. The three interceptions are concerning. But I will say that one of them was a pass to the running back before the running back fell down on his route and the defender easily picked the ball off. My promise to the listeners is that if Alex Smith gets benched for Dwayne Haskins, then I will never talk about him again on the show. Currently rostered, 
and only 21% of leagues on the sleeper app. He gets to close out the season in week 10 against Detroit, then Cincinnati, Dallas, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Seattle, and Carolina to, to end the season. I'm, I'm excited to see Alex Smith's numbers jump up from 21% to over 90%. So what's, what's your opinion on Alex Smith moving forward, Sam? Uh, I, I'm not high on Smith, but I'm pretty high on that schedule that you mentioned. So, yeah, super flex leagues. You can definitely plug them in as your as your QB too if you're if you're desperate. Yeah, and and uh, one of my leagues I've got uh, Lamar Jackson, which is obviously a, a a great play each week. But then I've been shuffling between the quarterbacks for uh, the, the Jaguars and the quarterbacks for uh, Chicago. So now that Alex Smith is in there, I don't think he's he can do much worse than uh than they've been doing so i'm I'm actually going to throw them in this week against detroit we saw our uh, minnesota quarterback her cousins go off against the uh detroit secondary and i think alex smith having uh terry mclaurin um can can do do just as well last week i called uh curtis samuel a trap i need to apologize to the audience for that poor advice with christian mccaffrey getting hurt again i'll even double down and say to spend over half of your remaining fab on him if he happens to be available. Not only did he score again, but he had nine receptions against the Chiefs. I thought for sure he would go back to being the fourth option, but um, you got to look at the, the quarterback that he's playing with, which is Teddy. Even with when the uh, Panthers were, were down by a score with one minute left, and Teddy should have been trying to take some deep shots to get the uh, the Panthers in, in field goal range. He was still just, um, just, just completing the, those five-yard receptions. So uh, I was I was dead wrong about Curtis Samuel, and if you can go out there and get him, I think he's he's a very solid wide receiver to play. They they like having him um, in those uh, those goal line packages too, where he's he, he comes out and uh, runs a jet sweep and uh, takes a, a carrier to a game and could uh, possibly get you a bonus touchdown. So if he's out there, or if uh, somebody hasn't listened to um, this week's episode yet, and you're able to steal him for a uh, for a second or third round pick, go out and add Curtis Samuel. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't really trust any of the Panthers' wide receivers, but I do think that uh, what we're seeing Teddy do is he learned from Breeze to just, just hit the open receivers. So if that's DJ Moore one week, that's who he's going to target. So he doesn't necessarily have a, a favorite target, but I think that Curtis Samuel is the third or fourth guy on the defense's radar. So he should continue to get that volume. Um, so with that, yeah, I think you can definitely play him comfortably. But I, I wouldn't be spending too much fab on him. We, we've seen him do this before. So you, you think uh, Curtis Samuel might still be a trap? He, he's still a trap. All right. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, that maybe maybe I wasn't wrong after all. So, <laughs> But um, I, I, would, I would actually be looking to acquire him. So um, in the future, do not take any more advice from me when it, when it comes to calling a, a player a trap. I also said Wayne Gallman was not worth playing, but he keeps taking those um, two-yard carries into the end zone, averaging less than three yards per carry. So if you have Wayne Gallman, you know what? Maybe maybe just go ahead and play him too. The Week 9 Rookie of the Week, um, which is a two-parter this week where uh, we're going to talk about the receivers for Denver. We have Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. Jerry Judy went off for seven receptions, 125 yards, and a touchdown, while KJ Hamler had six receptions for 75 yards. Um, it, 
It's worth noting, too, that K.J. Hamler had the game-winning touchdown two weeks ago against the Chargers as well. So it looks like both of these rookies are building rapport with uh, with Drew Locke. Any any thoughts on these receivers? No, it's, it's nice to see uh, both of them just uh, continuing to see their snap percentage go up. I think at this point, Judy's a must-play every week. And yeah, uh, K.J. Hamler's getting healthier. He was dealing with the hamstring issues to start the season and back when uh, he was in training camp too. So yeah, good, good to see both those guys producing well. And I just want to say, you see a lot of uh, trades going down in, in your dynasty leagues. If, if you're the one that uh, is, is making the offer, a lot of times somebody will ask you to just throw in a third or throw in a fourth round pick. Um, don't don't just just look at those picks as, as though they're, they're trash because third and fourth round picks can hit. I, I went back and looked at three of our um, 2020 rookie draft draft boards, and I saw that KJ Hamler got taken at the 310, the 404, and the 403. So those, those fourth round picks, you know, may, maybe only a quarter of them hit, but um, the, the more assets that you can acquire and, and try to hit on some of these um, receivers that got taken in the second round of the NFL draft, like KJ Hamler and Van Jefferson. Uh, they, they 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 might take a little bit of time to develop, but we've already seen KJ Hamler have two productive games with a not so great quarterback. So just uh, just keep that in mind. And also last week, after Sam had to um, leave the show due to the the bad news about George Kittle, um, I wanted to give him the opportunity to talk about his Week Eight Rookie of the Week. So Sam, without further ado, who is who is your favorite? wide receiver in Dynasty to acquire <laughs> after the bye. Yeah, um, we saw Jalen Rieger before the bye come in and make an immediate impact. Uh, I think he had six total targets, but two of them were in the end zone, and a third one was on that two-point conversion that he actually um, finished the play on. So we saw him kind of give up on a throw that he felt was kind of thrown, I don't know, he, a little too far leading him out of bounds. So he gave up on it, and then the, the defender actually picked off um, Wentz. So I think that's going to be a really good learning opportunity for him, similar to how we saw DeAndre Swift drop that game-winning pass uh, week one. And all of a sudden now Swift is catching everything in his uh, vicinity. So I think Rieger is somebody that if you've got him on your team, you don't need to wait to see him go off. He's getting those red zone looks, and then he's going to be getting deep targets too. So I think uh, – we're going to see him come in and make really similar plays as to what Elshon Jeffrey was doing before he was getting all those injuries. You think back to uh, the deep throws that Wentz is so accurate at throwing, but then also um, when they get in the red zone, he's not looking to just hand the ball off. Um, so the last couple of seasons we saw Elshon Jeffrey be healthy in 2017 and 2018 with Wentz. Um, he finished as the wide receiver 16 and 26. So I think that, that that makes for a really strong wide receiver too. So if, if you've got Rieger, uh, hold on to him and don't don't sell him now if you've held him if you've held him this long. And and if you know the Rieger owner is getting a little itchy to sell him, maybe he thinks he's gonna be able to sell high uh, based on that game, then that's somebody that you can go out and try try to get. I think he's gonna be a, a long term dynasty asset. Yeah, it was great to see uh him go off the a couple weeks ago and after uh Coming off off the buy, this this might be the, the last chance to buy him um, in Dynasty for for the the 2020 season. 
um, before he's he's looked at as, as a wide receiver one. It'll be interesting to see the, the combination of, of Jalen Rager and Travis Fulgham next year to see who the, uh, the, the one ends up being, especially if they, they move on from Zach Ertz. But knowing this offense, one or maybe even both of them will, will get hurt in the, the preseason next year, and we'll be looking at a completely different cast of receivers. But it, it seems like they're going to move on from Elshon and, and Deshaun. Um, we saw them not hit on their Nelson Aguilar pick. So this this guy might be the uh, the, the clear wide receiver one um, by the by the start of next season. So, um, Sam, we were talking about a, a trade that you were looking at doing in, in one of your dynasty leagues. And you and me are, I would say, on, on opposite sides of, uh, of of the trade right now. I, I think you're you're trying to talk yourself into doing the, this trade, but let's let, let's uh, put it out there for the audience to decide. You want to go over this uh, this trade again? Yeah. So this is this is the only league that I decided to tap out early. Um, I acquired Saquon and. Uh, George Kittle, and this is a super flex tight end premium league. Um, and then I've got Cooper Cup, Devontae Parker, um, T. Higgins, and I'm, I'm forgetting about somebody else. But essentially the trade offer that came to me was I would trade away T. Higgins for Van Jefferson, who's one of my favorites. And then we, we can kind of already tell where these uh, future picks for next year are going to be. So it's uh, Van Jefferson, the 201, the 210, and the 212. So this is a 14-man super flex. So uh, right now you're pointing out that T. Higgins, he probably has a ceiling of a low-end wide receiver one. Um, otherwise, he's, he's a wide receiver two you're going to plug in every week. Uh, but Van Jefferson is somebody that I'm still interested in. And I do have Cooper Cup in that league, so you've been you've been trying to convince me not to pull the trigger on this. Uh, it's prob- probably good advice on your part, but I do know I was grabbing T. Higgins in the second round of a lot of drafts, and if I get three second round picks, I just feel like I can probably hit on one of them, and then also get my boy Van Jefferson. Yeah, the the only argument that I would I'd make, or I shouldn't I shouldn't say the only, I would, I would say that the most important argument is. That T. Higgins, being a twenty-one receiver, twenty-one-year-old receiver, still um, putting up solid wide receiver two and a couple of wide receiver one um, games the this season already, with Tyler Boyd and with AJ Green getting a bunch of targets that he's not doing anything with. Um, I I think you get in him in the second round. I think you've already hit on a future wide receiver one right now. T. Higgins is ranked the wide receiver thirty in the dynasty community. He's right between Marquise Brown and Michael Gallup. I I think he has a ceiling of of being um, around the the wide receiver ten or twelve someday. So right now the wide receiver ten is DJ Moore with Terry McLaurin, a player we talked about previously at eleven, and Kenny Galladay at twelve. So we've seen Kenny Galladay become a wide receiver one with uh, limited work, and right now if it was. Um, especially with the injury that Galladay has sustained between T. Higgins, who's 21, and Kenny Galladay, who's 27. I think that's that's pretty easy. I would uh, I would take the, the T. Higgins side on that. Would you would you as well, or, or would you um, rather have, have Galladay? Yeah, no, I'd definitely take Higgins in, in that group. So I think I think you've convinced me to, to hold on the player that I hit on. Um, it's it's just tough to to say no to all those picks, but yeah, you you make a good point. Yeah, 
Um, if, if you do your homework, much like the, the super duper flex pros do, we'll help you make sure that those, those light first and all your second round picks hit. So we were telling you to avoid Henry Ruggs and Darrington Evans and, uh, and yeah, take, taking guys like, like T Higgins that were, were being undervalued, but Joe Burrow looks like he's the, the real deal. And T Higgins is going to be his, his one for a very long time to come. So I'm glad we were able to come to that conclusion on the air and uh looking at at this i guess tyler boyd's the wide receiver 32 so t higgins has already surpassed him so looking forward to um seeing what uh the future has for for mr higgins yeah i just want to say this month we're gonna do um, a giveaway we haven't done a giveaway in a few weeks so i just tried uh, i didn't go into gnc i actually went to high v but they they carry gnc products and gnc has a um, energy drink called lit lit uh, i believe it's a thermogenic it's got 250 milligrams of caffeine uh, some citrulline arginine in there and uh yeah i, I took it this morning at about 4 30 a.m before my workout and I, I had a great lift so uh, we'll be giving away a 12 pack of the gnc lit uh, energy drink if you can tell us who scores the first touchdown um, this week on thursday night football so um, this week, do you know who's, who's facing off on Thursday? Uh, I believe it's the Colts and Titans. Is that yep. correct? Yeah, it is. So if you think uh, Jonathan Taylor is out of the doghouse, maybe, maybe he is a good pick. Uh, otherwise, Derrick Henry is always good for a touchdown. I, too. I was going to say, I think it's, uh, it's about time for that annual uh, Derrick Henry uh, Thursday night uh, primetime game where he, uh, he scores four touchdowns and uh, throws a couple defenders down to the ground. Uh, so b before we leave, I, I do also want to say thank you to everybody who's uh, joined all these guillotine leagues, who's purchased the, the hoodies and made any uh, any donations to the league. We've uh, we've already started raising money for uh, before kickoff for, for next season. So um, we, we raised over 2000 in year one of uh, raising money for charities and our goal is to raise over four thousand dollars. I think we're, we're already already well on our way. We will be putting together um, at least one more dynasty league with uh, people that we haven't played in, in dynasty yet. We're, um, we'll, we'll probably have at least a quarter, but probably closer to half the dues go to charity. Um, we'll have to figure out all those details, but um, I, I know a handful of our listeners have asked me about um, joining a, one of our dynasty leagues. So I think the goal will be to have at least one new dynasty league each season. And, uh, um, and then just kind of kind of go from there and create more more guillotine league. So I just want to say thank you to to everybody. On the on the topic of of Alex Smith, his his interview that he did with uh, with Fox before the, um, the the game, there where ironically he he got back out on, on the field. Uh, he he talks about attitude, how attitude's free. There's a lot of negativity around the world right now with everything going on. And believe me, we're Sam and I are are both. Uh, suffering through a lot of uh, a lot of the things that have affected everybody this year too um, but just just uh, keep that in mind though that, that that attitude is free if you can go out and try to create a, a positive presence you can kind of um, you can share that and other people can can build off it too so thanks again to all of the listeners it's been great seeing the uh, the number rise each week for uh, for these shows that we've been posting and uh, raising all that money for, for charities has been very rewarding. So 
Um, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox now. Sam, any, any closing thoughts? No, no, I'm excited. I think uh, anybody that plays in Dynasty, you know, everyone's itching to do just one more startup. So like you said, I think we'll continue to do one each year. I think the 14-man Superflex has been popular. So um, we'll put it out there and, and try to get the, the people that have been asking for this in there first. And then if you have any interest, just reach out and we'll try to hold a spot for you too. I think what's been really successful is having half the dues go directly to a charity um, of the champion's choice and then paying out the, the other half to the, the top three teams. So we'll, we'll put out more information this summer. But, yeah, it was good uh, catching up with you, Tom. Yep. Thanks for uh, coming in to uh, record the show with me today, Sam. Until next time, keep it flexy. Last week, I thought I had a good nickname for Albert Okewebunam when I called him Roberto. But after the unfortunate news about a season-ending knee injury, Albert O's official nickname is now Albert No. Albert No showed flashes of tight end upset in the red zone and hopefully can make a full recovery for the start of the 2021 season. Stash him away on your IR for the rest of the season.